0: Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh,
1: it's a straight-up screamer!
2: Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you're listening, right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hapgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating, and the great outdoors. Good morning to you, Redmond.
0: You look better through a screen, I reckon. I reckon you're not bad <laughs> through a screen. Well, we're not allowed to see each other. You're in a little bit of a strict lockdown at the moment. How are you? Oh, I'm out of
2: lockdown now,
0: but I just still prefer to, uh, you know.
2: Keep it at arm's length. With you. Lockdown, <laughs> lockdown ended when we got uh, back out of South Australia following Thursday night, so it was an interesting few days. Certainly gives you a greater appreciation for those in Melbourne have sort of experienced, even though they could get outside and exercise. We didn't quite have that, or at least my wife didn't. But anyway, Redmond, things have changed. COVID's relaxed a bit. There's some great fishing happening right around the country, and you had a good week on the
0: water as well. Yeah, pretty good week considering the conditions. I think we've had a, an Arctic blast and there's a big low pressure system sitting out off uh sort of East Gippsland there an Arctic wave, they're sort of calling it, which is a really big low pressure. Like it's huge. And hence we're getting this weather that we've had. And I t- had to find a few gaps in weather to get out there, Pat, with the wind and the swell and whatnot, but managed a nice gummy offshore and the whiting fishing. It's official. It's official. I broke my record, uh, 2.19, I anchored up during the week on a day. Two, sorry, I anchored up at about 2.10. 2.19, the first baits went in by the time I did the burley and whatnot. I thought you were about to say 2.19, as in you've
2: caught 219 lighting in a session.
0: Well, we're not talking about that part because that will get me in trouble. But no, <laughs> <laughs> 2.19, I started PM. <laughs> and then, uh, so how I know that is Kari, I was actually on the phone to Kari when she rang me, and I said, i got to go the tide starting. I hang the phone up. I said, righto, Lockie. Flick your baits out, and then as of 255, 40 whiting on the deck, and that's got to be a new record. And uh, i tell you what, it doesn't go far because during the week we did some uh, whiting tacos, which were beautiful to eat, and we did them in that batter that I talk about all the time, Pat, with the the, uh, basically flour, self-raising flour, I should say, not normal, with your rice flour, and your rice flour is the key because on the whiting it crisps it up, and that's what brings that glassy texture to it as such. I mean, not glass, where you're gonna pierce yourself and bleed everywhere, but that glassy texture, which is what, which, which is what you want when you bite into that crunchy bit of whiting fillet. I
2: was gonna say you're not exactly selling it to anyone yet. Oh. Say so it tastes like glass, but well, I, I, I get sort of doesn't you
0: know, taste what, like glass, it's just great <laughs> like glass. It's a, and and you've got it. The like, other key to it, and we've spoken about it on this show numerous times, and you can listen to any of our shows on the Real Adventures app, if you download that on any smartphone, it's all our shows and plenty of other activities to do on there. But I always talk about when you batter a fish, deep fry fish, you need to get it off the surface. So you need to get it off the serviettes as such. So a lot of people put a plate down next to their, let's say, deep fryer as such or pan or whatever they're frying in, and they put it on a serviette. And what happens is serviette, yes, it soaks the oil up, but your whiting fillets all sit on that and actually absorb or whiting gummy whatever you're cooking actually absor- absorbs it again and it goes all soft and you lose that i guess that glassy sort of uh what i was talking about around the um crackling almost yeah crackling pork crackling you, you lose that so you want to get a baking tray and i just put a, like another another tray underneath it as such so the oil falls off the fish onto the actual um other tray in itself and that baking tray sits above and you get that beautiful bit of crackling so that there i think during the week we had whiting tacos twice and I dropped a couple of fish off to mum and dad because they got back from Darwin, which they weren't too happy about, and they got into some whiting tacos as well. So the whiting fishing is as good as it's ever been, if that's possible, and I know I've said that probably 45 times on this show, Pat, but uh, the whiting fishing has been very, very good.
2: Further up the coast, New South Wales and particularly outside of sydney at the moment the yellowfin tuna feeding off the surface social media is lit up during the week um there's been some phenomenal catches it's safe to say it is one of the most exhilarating forms of fishing when you're seeing those yellowtail but uh, those the yellowtail um tuna just launch off the surface um taking stick baits quite special to see
0: yeah it's it's yeah it's got to be up there it's probably the ultimate fishing to tell you the honest truth it's uh it's bloody fun. Any 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 form of casting fishing, for example, you love your trout fishing with your fly, your sight casting. Well, it probably refers more to sight fishing, I guess. Pat, you can actually see those tuna crunching on the surface, and the yellowfin are going to start to disappear a little bit out of that New South Wales coast. As such, they're going to push follow that warmer temperature, and a good way to follow those that temperature is obviously rip charts. I talk about it a lot. Um, it's a fantastic app. You can buy. I think it's two hundred bucks for a year. Uh, it's a, it's a, You can follow that warm water where the yellowfin will be. But we're going to, along New South Wales coast, we're going to now really start to see probably one of the most spectacular forms of, I guess, fishing, but also the way they migrate up the coast is the southern bluefin tuna and fantastic run of those 20 to 40 kilo fish here in Victoria outside the heads. To be honest with you, from South Australia to uh, Mallacoota and right up even Western Australia getting some bluefin, but this run up the New South Wales coast borderlines, it's amazing. It's phenomenal to see what they actually do up the New South Wales coast. They follow that continental shelf and it's very different how they fish for them up there. Uh, so they actually, instead of trying to hide away and for instance, say you and I go out Pat on the barrels down at Portland, I might ring you, but you don't ring your other 20 mates. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where yeah. up here they actually, when they locate these schools, the masses of fish there are in the thousands. So they actually call their mates in, or everyone gets called in. They get the middle, nut, like the, the numbers, the GPS coordinates. They all migrate. They all go to where the fish are migrating. At the start, they usually locate them trawling lures, but then you can form to cubing, and that's chucking pillies over the side. And you can actually put a pilchard on a hook, throw it in the water, and basically hand feed potentially an 80 to 100 kilo bluefin tuna. And that's what they're going to see. Up along New South Wales in in the next in the coming I guess or actually sorry they're seeing fish caught now but it's going to get better and better in the coming weeks.
2: The Gold Coast, Mullaway are fishing really well. Fish over the 20 kilo mark being landed from shore as well as boats. The snapper up there as well, like they're not quite as nice a tasting as what it, you get in the southern waters, particularly South Australia when you're allowed to fish for them and victoria as well but those both those two species of fish fishing exceptionally well in the northern parts
0: yeah you spot on to see the mulloway and the consistent consistent consistency that they're catching the rate they're catching them at is amazing it's they're big bloody fish pat they are huge fish they are monsters and they're not just one or two they're getting two to ten a day at times and they're Big, big fish, and they do eat – that is one species that does eat well in that warmer climate. Pat is the mulloway, and like you said before, the snapper up there, yeah, not as good eating. Similar to that kingfish, warmer water and whatnot, but they still eat okay. But to see the numbers they're getting to that sort of – up to that five kilo mark, which as someone that lives in Victoria, five kilo sort of like your average fish – where up there. That's a fantastic fish, and the techniques they get them up there with that warmer water is so much different to how we get them. So it's very hard to have days on jigs in, I guess, these colder climates. For example, example South Australia and, I guess, into Victoria. Where up that New South Wales into the Gold Coast, micro jigging is um, is a fantastic way to target them as well as soft plastics, which is uh, yeah. particularly
2: once you've got them around. Like if you want to start with your bait yep. and all of a sudden you've got the bite on and the fish are firing. It's far quicker, obviously, than rebaiting every time that you catch a fish.
0: And a bit like yourself, you don't like your hands smelling like fish either, so suits you too, Pat.
2: <laughs> Western Australia, the Spanish mackerel are being caught around rottenness. There's some sensational photos during the wake of of fish, you know, upwards of that 15 kilo mark. Red Manjurian Bay also producing plenty of mackerel. Uh, and the fishing off mandura for the beautiful Western Australian Jewfish. There's been some really nice fish being caught. Our great mate, uh, Mark Le Croix, the Frenchman, he's boated some really nice fish,
0: Redmond. I'd like to uh, sit here and talk all things uh, WA fishing, but we don't have enough time, Pat, because that place is just sensational to fish. And it's uh, the Spanish mackerel are in really, really good numbers. Stonking fish too, 15 kilo plus, like really big fish. And the key with Spanish mackerel is, you, you can use your mono and you can you can use your mono to locate them and you might lose one or two by getting bit off. But once you locate that school of them, they are very aggressive. And what I do, and what the reason I'm saying that is to, you will get the bite that little bit better on your mono, your 80 or hundred pound mono. But once you get them going and get them up and you know where they are, change that to wire, just a short bit of wire, like 20 centimeters. And that there is going to land you a lot more Spanish mackerel than what? I guess you're, you're 80 pound because you just get bit off too many times. And like you said, during bass fishing, well, Rotness doing what it does all the time. Manjura, these dew fish using slow pitch jigs, they're working bloody well too. If you're a bit like myself, you can chuck your dirty old bait on the hook, which also works really really well. And Lancelin, you've seen huge amount of Jewfish out of um, Lancelin as well. So. Yeah, WA's on fire at the moment and it's not going to be long until you and I are talking all things snapper over there, Pat. We might even get Lekker on the phone and have a chat to him about the Perth snapper once they start uh, firing up in the next month or so.
2: South Australia, Garfish, land-based off Elliston. The pier have been quite good. Wyala continues to impress with huge amounts of blue swimmer crabs, Redmond, and the jetties right around... um, I suppose, stateside, depending on you know how much you're willing to, to brave um, the colder climate, the calamari are going quite well as well.
0: Yeah, they are. Marion Bay um, out wide too, Pat. We'll just mention that. The Samson fish, we spoke about that maybe last week or the week before it might have been, and they're still going well. They will die off a little bit as that water gets a bit colder, but they're still going well at the minute. Um, Port Julia jetty, huge amounts of calamari coming from there, and we always talk about um, squid jigs. If I was to buy something in fishing, and I'm always trying to save you a dollar or three on this show, and it's one thing I would be spending money on is actually squid jigs. Uh, you want them falling well, and more importantly, off jetties rather than a boat as such. Important on a boat, but jetties, you don't want them floating, and you don't want them hitting the bottom too quick. So if you are doing a little bit of land base, uh, make sure that you do have decent squid jigs that are falling at a nice rate. So I'd go 2.5s and 3s mainly quite often not a lot of tide in those areas but there are places that do hold tides on pier but that's what i'd be looking at and just on marion bay too pat what you're going to see firing up now is the bottom fish so your school sharks off the reefs down there your school sharks big numbers of them you're also going to see a lot of blue morwong, and blue morwong are a beautiful fish to look at and they're a beautiful beautiful fish to eat as well and there's plenty of other bottom fish down in South Australia that you can catch at the moment, even though that the uh, there's a little bit of the little bit going on with the snapper band. So yeah, there's plenty, plenty happening right around the country at the minute, Pat. We've got a massive
2: show of Real Adventures coming your way. Plenty more up after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and
0: Aaron Hadgood.
2: Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for The Social Club. We take your questions from social media. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, make sure you send it into our Real Adventures socials on Instagram, Facebook, or better yet, download our Real Adventures app. The first question is from Tim. Boys, I've custom built my own live well with Aerator and I changed the water over with a bilge pump every half hour or so. So I'm guessing he drops it over the side, Redmond. Um, however, my live baits are still dying. Any tips? I think the big one, Redmond, it's not about necessarily aerating the water. It's actually about the, the flow of new water into that live bait tank.
0: Yeah, you want to... You, with And I to be honest with you, my live bait tank at the moment is, I've actually spoken to the guys, at uh, Andrew from Melbourne Marine Centre, and i where my where your inlet comes into your boat you actually want the water to go to the bottom Pat. that's the key with um, live bait tanks because what happens is if you if your intake comes in at the top and then your actual overflow is at the top as well which it obviously is as an overflow it's not filtering
2: that bottom water is it
0: yeah you want to get that bottom water out so you top like from my so what i've done is now is i've actually added a tube that runs off mine down to the bottom that's as simple as that so now mine comes down to the bottom, and it's pushing good water into the bottom, which gets pushed to the top, which pushes that bad water out, which is obviously, I guess, like you said before, keeping the flow there and aerating the water so there's oxygen in it for the fish. But I think every half an hour isn't enough either. If you, Tim, that that's sort of the question as well: is every half hour you do it, which that's nowhere near enough. You need, ah, uh, you got certain fish that will live longer than others. I know a slimy mackerel would not last. 10 minutes i don't reckon to be honest with you if if that were a yakka which is a bit more hearty similar fish but different they will last probably that 15 minutes to even towards half an hour but i think you need to do it i think you need to get your flow right and you also need to um you need to get your your um what your whole system working more efficient and quicker rather than half an hour pat that's probably the answer there
2: yeah, I, I think if, if Tim's worried about cutting into his boat, you can actually set up the bilge pump on the outside of your boat. And there's clips now that you can literally a flex to um, to the stern of your boat without having to drill into it. And then you can just run a pipe on the outside until you got a, a proper marine shop to do it properly for you. If you wanted to to short circuit that quick fix and still, um, you know, run that. That water
0: properly. Live baits are extremely important with all sorts of fishing pattern. We're not sure where Tim is from, but live baiting, no matter where you are, is uh, an efficient way to catch fish, and it's it's something I think most people should have on their boats. Next question is from Gary. This is a good one. Take us through the build of the Jurassic Park amphitheater, Patrick. During <laughs> the week, you were boarding in lockdown.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, George's. Is- has been uh, pestering me at home. He loves his dinosaurs. So this is my son who's four years of age. So I, I'd promised him that I'd build him a his own Jurassic Park. And what I did was I had some some old boxes, which I cut up and sort of turned those into the gates. And then um I had some some builders' foam in the shed, and I ended up getting my old boy to drop some more around as well. Um And what it means is you can spray that builder's foam, which then expands, and it is sticky, so make sure you wear gloves if you do use it. Uh, And then once it's dried, so we left it overnight, you can then cut shapes into that foam and you can make it look like rocks, essentially. And it's a very, very easy way of entertaining your kids if they're into dinosaurs or if it's your daughters and they're into um, whatever it might be, dragons and princesses and all those sort of things. Flick's very much into dinosaurs, my daughter, so it's sort of <laughs> – it's it's two birds with one stone. But you can shape this um, this builder's phone really easily with a blade. So it's a really quick fix for those that have been stuck at home at different stages and they want something a bit more entertaining to do with their kids' bed Knowing right.
0: fl- no Flick
2: is – does she? Actual- she's, she's broken. It, correct.
0: Oh, that's, does it already look like dinosaurs have run through it? Yeah,
2: yeah. It is. It is like <laughs> Jurassic Park at the end. Once it was overrun by dinosaurs. Anyway, uh, Craig has the next question. What are the three best everyday knots that you use, Redmond? And I'll. I can almost cut that in half. You really only use two.
0: Yeah. Every day, I. You've got the uni knot is probably my most every day not i guess you could say that it's fantastic it's multi-purpose multi-purpose you can use it and i've got reasons that i use it in certain uh parts of my fishing for example when i'm fishing gummies i actually use it as the union it actually acts as a stopper to stop my slider from running up and down the line so it doesn't touch the braid because that's when it can fray the braid and also if you use an fg knot on braid to mono when you're fishing for gummies that slider actually spins and gets caught on the knot really bad and all of a sudden instead of you being able to wind the gummy to the boat if you've got a wind on leader which most of us have that one on leader will end up being that fish with that wind on will end up being say six meters from the boat i haven't got six meter long gaffs or net so that doesn't work so it's actually about getting the like i said there's reasons that i use it I'm going to go number one. It's the Uni Knot, double Uni Knot slash double Uni Knot. The FG Knot, number two. I think everyone needs to know that, uh, especially for these tuna that have turned up out of Port Phillip Bay heads. Everyone's casting for them now. And you can use a double Uni, but it doesn't go through your rods as nice. So the FG Knot I really like to use. Uh, and now another one that I'm going to throw in there, Pat, is I've got probably two more. I know there's three, but if you're into your game fishing or want to get into your game fishing, I think a plat is – Probably one of the more important ones to learn because it allows you to join your wind on leaders to your actual double on your line. A plat puts a double in your line, and there's a lot of people going offshore chasing all these swordfish, marlin, and and barrel bluefin these days. So it's really important to use your wind ons the correct way, and by putting a plat in your in your in your line, which creates the double, that is an important knot. And the last one I'm going to th- throw in there is your uh, your blood knot, which I don't really like the blood knot. But I don't. No matter what anyone you talk to, the first knot anyone learnt in fishing, I'm calling it, is the blood knot. Everyone learnt that blood knot. Yep. <laughs> Everyone. People <laughs> <laughs> now goes. I even fish with my brothers, and that like dad used to just do the seven, twist them back through, and pull tight. And I'm just like, oh god. So I think the blood knot I have to throw in there as well as the fourth one.
2: Well, adding that to a to a fifth. Uh, you know, if in doubt, tie lots when the knots.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You do, that is your motto when it comes to knots. (laughs) It's pretty simple.
2: Uh, And the last one for the social club for this week is from Leonard uh, from Jeb's Cross. How much will this rain we are having affect the fishing here in Port Phillip Bay? Will it help? uh, Will the dirty water help with the whiting?
0: So, with the rain, it doesn't really do anything to the dirty water so what happens is our tides come in and out so frequently or twice a day uh, sorry every six hours which generally in your daylight hours is twice a day uh then you're not going to really it's not going to really produce much dirty water so it's probably not going to help with that but quite often we've got wind with this rain so the wind's definitely helping with that dirty water but other species of fish uh, for example, your Mullaway and your brim and whatnot, it's going to really – even your trout, Pat, I know that you like your rain fishing. More, I think once it clears up three or four days later, I think you like it, don't you, with your trout? Yeah, so, you
2: certainly don't want to hit it the first couple of days because that runoff's still affecting it. But once it's, once it's sort of yeah, four or five days past, it's time to hit it and you'll get some really
0: nice fishing. Well, I've got one question for you, Patrick, and I know you're going to give away a Real Brand bit of clothing. And I want to know, i seen during the week Real Brand released its new apparel – uh, it is. When is this accessible for the public? Is it accessible already? Can I log in and buy this? Because it looks bloody good.
2: Yeah, it's dropped already. So I've been working with uh, with Salty Bones, who they do a, an incredible um, job printing fish. Basically, what they, their, their technique is they'll catch the fish and then they'll you almost use a, a fabric which they put over the top of it with, with ink and then... They transfer it onto a canvas and then we get that image and we've, we'll put it onto all our new Real Brand tees. So, uh, Craig, this week, send us a direct direct message. Uh, you'll get yourself a Real Brand tea and hat, and we're giving away one every week for the social club. They're available now on realbrand.com.au. Up next, gearing up. Gearing up for Dometic. Enjoy the great outdoors with all the comforts of home with Dometic. It's time for gearing up. Earlier in the week, I caught up with iFish's Paul Worsling, one of Australia's most recognisable fishermen, to have a bit of a chin wag about the new series of I fish and a bit of real brand as well. This is Gearing Up for Dometic. Enjoy the great outdoors with all the comforts of home with Dometic. One of Australia's most prominent anglers joins us this morning, Paul Worsling, host of fish alongside his beautiful wife, Christy, and his son, Jet. Good morning, Paul.
1: Yeah, I thought you were talking to someone else for a second Then, Paddy, when you said one of Australia's most prominent anglers. I thought I was on the wrong line.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to mention Christy and Jet first, but I, you know, <laughs> I, well I will leave it that it did start initially with you, so you get to be mentioned first. Uh, hey, you've been in lockdown for a couple of weeks, even though you've, obviously have a beautiful house on the coast. Mustn't it have been great given there's been plenty of really good fish being caught in Victoria at the moment?
1: Yeah, look, it's definitely a feel for every single Victorian at present. I know everyone's doing it tough, uh, but you've just got to try and pull yourself out of that anxiety you get and that little bit of depression that you might get and realise that uh, we're pretty fortunate. We haven't had to go to war or anything. We just had to stay home and watch Netflix and... um, yeah, eventually you we'll get to the end of it. But I have built a beautiful deck, Patty, as I've shown you. I'm building my retaining wall <laughs> at the moment. You think the Great Wall of China was a good feat? Wait till you see my finished retaining wall, mate. It's epic.
2: Um, I've been under similar conditions. We've obviously travelled out to uh, South Australia earlier in the week and one of the things that I've sort of that's been keeping me entertained has been eye fish. Now, tomorrow afternoon there's a classic catch you're fishing with um I think, is it Cobo- Coburg Fishing Safaris catching Spanish mackerel um, off the shore?
1: You know, uh, that, that's an amazing episode. Uh, Coburg Fishing Safaris, I've been there many times and out of all the trips I've done, it's one of my favourites. Actually, especially to get there on our first boys' trip, and it was just mind-blowing. But that particular episode, people will see, we're on a little, a little rocky outcrop, land based, and there's schools of barramundi sitting around in crystal clear water in front of us. We catch barramundi, we catch jacks, and then cast a little lure out and catch a Spanish mackerel lamb bait. It is just uh, hard to explain. Oh, and picking up oysters the size of your hand, like a dozen in one, and just grabbing mud crabs as they're walking along the rock. So you have mud crabs, oysters, Spanish Mac and barramundi for dinner.
2: Is it, is it one of the challenges when when planning out episodes on on where you want to go, what you want to catch, and what people perceive as you know, their bucket list items, but it also being quite difficult, like spinning top water for, for fish like Spanish mackerel versus the safety of well, we're going to go fish at a remote location, but we're going to bait fish and drop just so we've got something to, um, you know, to get in the can to produce an episode because quite clearly you don't have months and months and months in order to, to capture this. So you, you've got to pick the the right places to go at the right time of the year, the right at different stages, fishing guides but then mixing up the the different techniques particularly topwater which can be
1: hit and miss. Look, that's such a great question that you pose because it's the toughest part of our job first of all finding the right place to go and then when you get there, do you just drop baits and catch some big fish on the bottom? Yes you're going to do it or do you try and catch a barramundia slide? Do you try and to try and get GTs and stick baits rather than trolling lures. And what you're always trying to do is uh, is have that that wow factor, but make sure you get enough to make it work. So I suppose it's much like football. If you play really defensively, you might not kick a lot of goals. And when you open up the corridor, it opens it up to the other team as well. And you've just always got to push as attackingly as you feel safe. But when it does play off, Paddy, when you do try to do something special and set yourself a goal. That's, to me, why I make Fishing TV. There's this great old saying, uh, far better it is to damn mighty things to win glorious battles, even though check it with failure, than to take ranks with those poor souls who neither suffer much nor enjoy, for they live in the great twilight that knows neither victory nor defeat. And to sum that up, have a go, damn the consequences, because I don't want to die not knowing.
2: Does that mean that you'll be putting your hat in the ring for the Collingwood coaching vacancy, given you are a huge Collingwood supporter.
1: Look, it probably hasn't got out in the other networks yet, mate, but I'm the reason Bucks is gone. Uh, I'm actually at the club now and uh, Pendles is looking me in the eye. I've got to get back to work. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't speak very highly of you, Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: During the week, Paul, uh real brand launched their new range we've been giving away real brand gear every single week in our social club and you can send in your questions to aaron and i on our real adventures social pages as well as download the app and every week we're giving away real brand fishing apparel talk talk us through the latest designs and the work that you've done with salty bones because it's a fascinating technique of creating images of fish which is quite unique in itself
1: yeah, I was lucky enough to first come across this technique back in 2000 on a boat in um, the Carpenteria. Yep, that's the one. And um, I caught a kale, kale valley, and Greg Bassoon dried it out, covered it in ink and then printed it onto a cloth. And I actually have that at home on my study wall. And that was the first time I came across it. Now, I think it's pronounced as go- Gaiuta. That sounds like one of those things you buy at the supermarket and fry in a pan. Um, but I think it's, yeah, Gaiutu or Gaiutu, whatever it is. And then this guy, Adam in WA, I noticed him on Instagram and he was starting to do this process called, and it was called Salty Bone Gaiutu. And I just love the fact that you get the exact fish printed because it's always so hard to replicate a fish in any way. So I contacted Adam. He happened to be coming to Melbourne for something. I can't, we, we hooked up, so to speak, had a few beers down in uh, my local. And uh, we sort of become a little a little partnership with the Real Brand team and um, yourself, Barry, Mars, Christy, we all love his work because it's just so real. And it's really hard to get a fish that looks real if it's not. I know it sounds a bit silly, but I think people will know what I'm saying. And the latest range, the sailfish, looks like it's just popped out of the water. The barramundi, every scale is perfect. The yellowfin tuna, my mate Matty Gates actually caught the yellowfin tuna. about 80 kilos, Australian record. And Adam was in Xmouth and printed it like a couple hours after the fish was caught. So you get this incredible life-life realistic image. As I said to the boys at work, it's not just a fish print, it is art. And as we've seen the last few days since the launch, it's selling extremely well because I think people can relate to it and they love the art aspect. It certainly does. It's quite
2: special. If you want more info on RealBrand, head to realbrand.com.au. Hey, you mentioned yellowfin tuna right up and down and it is still, we're in winter obviously and it will start to die off. It's still fishing really well on the top water off Sydney Harbour. Are you going to be able to get interstate and continue to film? Are you are you Victoria bound at the moment? How does that work? Obviously, you you plan things early on in the year and, and you do your best when when little things like COVID pop up. How do you go about filming in, in situations like you're in now?
1: Look, it's a tough one. And we were Victoria pretty much bound last year. We did get out to and all and also the Gold Coast. We're planning trips. Canceling, planning, can, and we're just going to keep doing that until we don't have to cancel. But my first dream is to get out of here and head uh, to the Hawkesbury River, that area, get offshore. I've got a mate up there who's got a, well, basically a shipping container that he found by mistake in 100 metres of water loaded with the biggest kingies you've ever seen, bar cod, et cetera. Then I'll fish the Hawkesbury with my good mate Mulloway Wayne, try and catch some nice Mulloway, then push up the coast. And one of the absolute gurus of topwater yellowfin, I've been talking to him, and he's happy to take me out in my boat and try and chase a few big yellowfin because they're a fish that is very, very dear to my heart. So I'm going to try to do a lot of road trips, get out of Vic, even if i going to leave the boat somewhere for a week, drive back up or fly back up, do another week and just put it back together like that. And the thing that COVID has taught us, Patrick, whether it's football, whether you're a pharmacist, whether you're a butcher, whether you're a fisherman, you just have to do it different. And it's all taught us to do things a lot different and probably things that we never thought we'd be able to do. And all of a sudden you realise, hey, I can make this work. And sometimes it actually turns out for the better.
2: We're chatting with iFish host, Paul Worsling. This is Real Adventures. Peter, before we let you go, we've had quite a few questions on our socials over the last three to four weeks around trout and keeping them at home. Neither Aaron nor I do that. But you have trout at home yourself. What are the secrets for those, whether you're on a farm and you've got a dam or you've got a decent-sized property where you're you you know, you're really quite interested in keeping trout at home, what are the secrets behind preparing your property as best you can in order to keep trout at home? Because when we see your socials light up with all these different species of trout, it must be pretty special to have them in the backyard.
1: Look, it is, mate. Uh, probably one of my biggest goals as a kid like some kids grow up they want to own a Porsche one day or they want to own a big flat screen TV. my number one goal in life like a wish list well two one was to own a pig I just love pigs i got a pet pig uh, I know that might be weird but as a kid I just could never have a pig and I wanted one and the second was to be able to have fish on my property that I could go down and cast a fly or watch feed at any time and um, when we moved to this beautiful part of the world, we had a bit of a dam and we've stocked it. We've got tiger trout, cheetah trout, leopard trout, rainbow trout, brook trout, and brown trout, six species. We've also got some estuary perch, yellow belly, and blackfish. It's, a, it's an amazing little system. But the key to all of it is, 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 first of all, making sure the water will take the fish. Some dams are just too salty. Some don't have enough oxygen. So once you check that salinity level then once you check the oxygen level, the dissolved oxygen, you can put fish in and probably the easiest way to do it, just put 10 in and see if they live. If they live, they're going to live. If not, they're not. It's pretty simple. And once you know the fish are going to survive, just make sure you've got some structure in there because the cormorants will find the dam and they'll wipe out your fish. So put um, old bits of pipe on the bottom, anything the fish can hide inside. I like to try and feed them at regular times because there's nothing better at five o'clock every night seeing my fish bust up. normally only them one second to smash the pellet. And fry is always this trade off in, in fish. You can, if you've got a budget, you can either get a hundred big fish or a thousand small fish. But the thousand small fish are more likely to die. The hundred big fish, you haven't got as many. So there's a trade off with what your budget allows. So I always like to buy medium sized fish. And what I actually did was just went down to Bunnings and bought a pool for 25 bucks on special. Filled it with water, put a filter in it. And I reared the fish in my garage until they doubled in size. And then I put them in the outdoor environment. So I basically didn't spend as much, but I got heaps of fish. Like I paid a dollar each for trout, about 10 centimetres long, fed them up. And then all of a sudden I had 80 to 100 trout that were nearly a pound and the shags didn't get them. It's amazing.
2: Paul Worsling, thank you for joining us this morning on Real Adventures. You can catch Paul and his team Sunday afternoon on 10 Bold. They're spinning for Spaniards off the rocks. It's a cracking episode. Make sure you tune in. Paul, thanks for your time this morning.
1: Absolute pleasure, mate. Talk soon.
2: That was Gearing Up for Dometic. Mobile Living Made Easy. And now it's time for Red Review for Talking D hookers this morning, Redman. Really important part around any sort
0: of fishing particularly when you're dealing with our friends with a few extra spikes yeah you're spot on it's uh, d hookers are uh, like probably one of the first things I put on my boat to go fishing nearly before a knife at times Pat to be honest with you they uh, save you a lot a lot of time getting fish out of hooks uh, we'll go with it we'll go the other way hooks out of fish's mouth probably, way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. but it hooks out of the fish's mouth it actually is better than sticking pliers and whatnot into like the and ripping sideways and whatnot they work really really well uh and also like you said before saving your hands like handling flathead oh like they're just a pain in the backside you don't want to be handling them until you've actually until they're I guess dead in the ice slurry. So, basically, must have on a boat. And there's so many different types of them. Now, the the first one that I'm going to talk about is the Daiwa D Hooker tool. Now, what that is, it's twenty five dollars. And what you had to describe what it looks like, I guess, is it sort of looks like a syringe. So you pull from the top and bottom like with your hand, and it actually acts as a D hooker. Um, So you can pop lures and whatnot out and reach quite far into the fish's mouth. Now that one there, I would use for more your lures, like a barramundi or whatnot, or even the fin tuna that we catch on the bungee casts and whatnot. They work really well too. Uh, So that there's the first one, but it's not my go-to. You've also got the next one, which is similar to the the similar style. to the The next three I'm going to talk about are the similar style, but I'm going to take you through why some are better than the others. Now, These are around that sort of eight to twelve bucks, not much more than that. And you can the first one I'm going to talk about is it's a stainless the stainless end, which is just has a hook at the end of it. So hooks on the end of it. It's quite thin and it has a wooden handle. Now, if you buy one of these with the wooden handle, the problem with it is it actually spins in the wooden handle in itself at once it's used once or twice. So you're trying to de-hook the fish and you're trying to pull it and the handle's spinning, which is not allowing you to turn your wrist to actually use the technique to pop the hook out. So you don't want to buy the wooden handle one. Stay away from that. The next one I have in the boat, there's two more Then these other two are the two that I have in the boat. You'll see in your tackle stores and they're about 10 bucks. Like I said before with the red, it has the red handle but it's a thinner stainless end pad. So the actual stainless end of it actually is thin. So it's it's the same size as the wooden one, but that plastic handle can't spin. It doesn't spin in the plastic. So when you are trying to get your, for example, your gummy, your hook out of your gummy or your hook out of your flathead, it works really good for your smaller species of fish because it's that smaller stainless. The other one I'm going to talk about is the full stainless. Now, this is the one that I use for getting... (coughs) hooks out so if i get a barrel bluefin, i don't use pliers i pop this in there and pop it out now this is a bigger stainless it's bigger than the one that i was talking about before that red handled one where the red handle one i'll use on your flathead even your port jackson's flicking over the side with a stainless i'll use them as well as the red one i'll use my gummies but that stainless those big blue fin you get or even a big seven gill over the side of the boat and you're trying to pop that hook out so they're the two i have they get them from pretty much anywhere you go shopping relating to fishing any anaconda tackle tackle world wherever you go they're going to sell it they're cheap not even 10 bucks i don't reckon and you'll be able to use that and it saves you so much time pat like the time that you're going to save on these getting hooks out is 10 times quicker than pliers and more efficient for your fish as well. So that's reviewed today. Is D hookers? That was Red's review for Club Marine. Plenty more real adventures on the other side of the break. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood.
2: Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for Red's tip. Before we head to it, Redman, your target species over the weekend, where there's been a little fickle at times. Uh, gummy fishing has been good. You've spoken at length throughout the show and we've seen plenty on your socials during the week. You're doing a bit of uh, filming for Salt Guide around the whining. But the gummies offshore are still going quite well.
0: Yeah, the weather that that front has passed us, which is, I'm, I'm glad to see the back of it, and we've got some tremendous weather coming over the weekend into next week. So it's a little bit chilly still, but uh, offshore fishing, those northerlies, those gummies, are hopefully a few school sharks, whiting fishing on the back of that new moon. We're going to see those tides pick up and I don't know if it's possible if they can get better but one thing I'll be doing is the barrel bluefin tuna. Uh, they are strong on my list at the moment. I'll be going probably out of Polo Bay even up towards uh, Portland as well if I can get a report up that way and I'm going to be chasing one of those uh, big big bluefish up there.
2: i seen great reports as well with uh, Australian salmon in, in yep. really big schools and quite close into short times. So there's obviously... They're always to be captured off the beach, um, time and tide dependent. But there's been schools breaking right along the coast and some massive schools, not only great fun, particularly on lighter gear, but it's something that you religiously use for your gummies when you go offshore as a go-to bait.
0: Yeah, it's my number one bait, Sam, and you, you just can't beat it. No matter what, It's it's got to be – that and Trevally are probably my two go-to baits. The reef fish are always good to get and they catch a lot of fish too, but – if you can get down the beach now along the surf coast and no special spots, Bankura Beach is fishing really well. I know even South Australia has seen some fantastic salmon off the beaches too, and they're big too. They're onwards of two-plus kilos, some of these fish, so you get some ripping chunk baits out of them, and you only need two or three for a session, and you'll be able to land yourself um fresh gummy shark off the back of that, that's for sure.
2: Speaking of baits, this week's tip centers around that, defrosting and, and cutting your baits at home before you head offshore.
0: Yeah, and this is what I did during the week. I fished on, I think it was Tuesday, and I headed out, and I said to a mate of mine, I, was, got a, I found a couple of squid in my freezer, and I checked it that early that morning, morning to make sure I had a couple, and um, I said, oh, I defrosted them in the sink, and I cut them all on the bench at home because when you go out in the water, it's borderline impossible right now to actually defrost your bait. The water's 13 and a half degrees, and you chuck it in the live bait tank to defrost your squid, and you take it out 20 minutes later once you get to your spot and try and cut it, it's still bloody frozen. So defrost your bait, get it out the night before. And if you're a sook like me and don't want your hands cold, cut it all at home like I did before I went. It worked really, really well. I wouldn't be cutting your chunk baits or your salmon at home because you're probably getting trouble if you do it where I did on the kitchen bench. Or I cut my up. <laughs> but the salmon and whatnot, get them out the night before. Let them start to defrost. Leave them in the shed in a bucket. They're not gonna. They're still going to be a little bit frozen. They're not going to fully defrost, but they'll be cuttable, and you'll be able to work with that when you actually get on the water. So. That there is Red's tip for the week and Patrick it's now time for the flying gaff. The flying gaff this
2: week heads to one of the most iconic sports supercars in the world. Bugatti the Chiron Super Sport has been unveiled the 2022 model with a 5.5 million dollar price point. And I put together a bit of a list on things you can buy for $5.5 million when it comes to runabouts, and you can just about buy every boat in the market. But most importantly, you can get yourself a Riviera 70, or around the 70 mark, the Riviera 60s, will, well and truly, you'll get a bull one of these babies, for around that $3 million price point. Now, you can travel to Tasmania in this thing, you can circumnavigate Australia, you can't hit 440 k's an hour which is the top speed of this car but you can do everything else in absolute style so why on earth would you spend five and a half million dollars on a sports supercar when you can circumnavigate australia and still have some change in your pocket with a beautiful riviera thanks for your company this morning on real adventures we hope you enjoyed the show we'll see you next week